capturing images of people across China, exploring its ever-changing lifestyles and feeling the heartbeat of its villages, towns and cities. This is Selfie. This is Selfie. Giving you real-life stories in China. China, China, China. For many people, the mention of the Tibet Autonomous Region will evoke images of famous scenic spots like Mount Chomalungma and Lake Namtsuo. But Tibet, which is on the world's highest and largest plateau region, the Qinghai Tibet Plateau, has a wide range of scenery from mountains to valleys, glaciers to the Gobi Desert. The region has an average altitude of more than 4,000 meters, earning it the nickname the Roof of the World. Its annual temperature is around 8 degrees Celsius, which is 46.4 degrees Fahrenheit. But while this might add to the region's glamour to tourist eyes, the harsh environment undoubtedly poses severe challenges to local people's lives. Hello and welcome to Selfie, the show that gets to the heart of Chinese society, life, and the economy. I'm Tony Reed. In this edition of Selfie, China Plus's Wang Lei takes us to the Tibet Autonomous Region. We'll hear stories about people's struggle for a better life through sand control and central heating and oxygen supply projects. You are listening to Selfie, produced by China Plus. You're listening to Selfie. I'm Tony Reed. Shannan Prefecture is southwest China's Tibet Autonomous Region. It's also the birthplace of an ancient Tibetan civilization, which was home to the region's first king, first palace, first piece of farmland, first monastery, and first religious script. But located in the middle and lower reaches of the Yarlung Zambo River, Shannan has more than 450,000 mu, or 30,000 hectares, of sandy land. Every year, this area is flooded for more than two months during summer and autumn, and extremely cold and windy in the winter and spring. The harsh environment has severely restricted Shannan's economic development. To improve the natural conditions, the local government invited the Ilion Resources Group, a company with rich experience in sand control, to come to Shannan to help improve the ecology. Wang Lei has more. Before coming to Shannan Prefecture, the Ilion Resources Group had accumulated 30 years' experience of controlling the sands in China's seventh largest desert, the Kubuchi Desert in Inner Mongolia. In 2013, the company became one of the global dryland champions announced by the UN Convention to Combat Desertification. After an agreement was signed with the government of the Tibet Autonomous Region, Ilion came to Shannan in April 2017. Drawing on the experiences they gathered in Kubuchi, the researchers from the company used a new type of technology called the vapor method for afforestation in desert zones. Deputy General Manager of the company, Mai La Su, says this method has successfully enhanced the survival rate of the trees, which is now more than 85%. One big factor as to why the new trees failed to survive in the desert was because it was difficult to water them or take care of them. 
In addition, when we used manpower to dig the holes, the holes were too big for the trees to make contact with the soil. But when we used the vapor method, we could make a hole that was both deep and had a very small diameter. In the desert, the deeper it goes, the more water there is, and the better chance the trees have to survive. In the past, one person could plant maybe one row of trees at most, but by using the vapor method. Two people working together can plant forty mil of trees in one day. The work efficiency has been vastly improved. Melasu says that in the past, people used spades to dig holes in deserts to plant trees, as the dry sand layer is so thick it keeps flowing into the holes, making it very difficult to plant trees. The survival rate was as low as ten percent. After thirty years' efforts. Ilion has developed a unique way of planting trees. They use a centrifugal pump to pump water from underground. The water pipe connects with a hollow steel pipe, which is used as an impact water pistol to drill holes in the desert using the pressure from the water pump. The hole can be as deep as one meter, yet the diameter is less than five centimeters. Melasu points out that along the two banks of the Yalongzhangbo River, the riverbed will be exposed after the flood season. Once the wind blows and the sand dust flies up in the air, it will form a sandstorm along the river valley, resulting in a desert zone. He says the prevention and control of desertification and ecological recovery are long-standing projects. Only after five years will the initial results be seen. And only ten years later will people observe any significant changes. Fifteen years later, the effects will basically be consolidated. Melasu firmly believes in the prospects of sand control in Shenan. He adds that their project is aimed at alleviating poverty through ecological protection. They will not only build a tree planting area of six thousand mu or four hundred hectares. They will also build an economic forest of 1,000 mu, 67 hectares, which mainly features walnut trees, apple trees, apricot trees, peach trees, and spruce. This area, we will finally build. 呃, After the afforestation area is completed, with the construction of the economic forest as a basis, we will finally form a large-scale district, which combines ecological sightseeing and popular science education with fruit-picking tourism. The area is geographically advantageous, given the Lhasa Shannan Highway and the Samyer Monastery, which was the first monastery in Tibet. Combining the natural strength with the cultural factors, the district will surely become a platform for poverty relief. They have also carried out a project to level the land to plant 1,000 mu of Chinese licorice root to help the local farmers and herdsmen lift themselves out of poverty. Chinese licorice root is a kind of rare Chinese medicinal herb. With the driving force of the whole industry, from planting to protecting, picking, and in-depth processing, we can help increase local people's incomes. According to Mai Lasu, the ecological projects have not only improved the living conditions for the locals, but also helped them get more income by doing sand control. As a result, the local people have become more and more enthusiastic about planting trees. 
Tso Rendongzhu is a party secretary for Tsetang Township in Nadong District in Shanan Prefecture. He said that nowadays, once the people hear trees are needed to be planted, they will participate voluntarily without the need for checking on their work attendance. Sometimes, even before the officials arrive, locals have already planted trees for dozens of mu. He says people's enthusiasm can be put down to a system of forest rights that was implemented in 2017. China has an eco-compensation mechanism that seeks to compensate land users or suppliers of ecosystem services for lost income or land use rights due to environmental protection policies. Once people have forest rights certificates, they can take the forest land as mortgage loans. This not only improves the ecology, but also allows people to make money. In addition, in the winter, people can herd sheep in the forest. The sheep survive well on eating the leaves, and their manure fertilizes the land. In this way, the whole ecology forms a circle. 72-year-old Dawa Gansin is a forest ranger for the Yajiang Shelter Forest in Shanan. He has been engaged in forest protection for 40 years. His responsibility includes patrolling the forest, dispelling people who unlawfully fell trees, irrigating, pruning, and voluntarily planting trees. In the beginning, it was extremely cold and windy and very difficult to plant trees. But I persisted in doing the job because it helps improve the environment. To this end, I have kept my efforts going for 40 years. The elderly man's son, Dawa Oju, said that at first his parents would quarrel over his father's job. His father would try to make his mother understand that although the job was not well paid, he did love trees and it was his career. Under his father's influence, Dawa Oju also became a forest ranger at the age of 27 after he retired from active military service. Now he has been doing the job for more than 20 years. In the past, it was all barren mountains and deserts here. People felt there was little hope. Even if we planted trees, we could hardly imagine it would become what it is today, because people thought it was impossible for these trees to survive in Tibet. But as time passed, we have found the environment has indeed improved bit by bit. I started to feel that as long as we put in hard work, things might change. That's how I began to support my father doing his work. Deputy head of Nadong district Zongba says nowadays every person plants at least 10 trees a year in the district. Every year, people prune the trees and the branches can be sold as firewood to people in other districts. This helps increase local people's incomes while improving the environment. Thirty years ago, Nedong District only had about 10% vegetation coverage. Thirty years later, this has increased to 80% in 47 administrative villages in the district. Such achievement is closely related to the support of the government and the importance attached by officials and the people to afforestation. Now the work in the forest industry has been prompted further. People's living environment has become even better. 
Now the shelter forest in Shanan boasts more than 45 million trees, covering an area of more than 450,000 mu, or 30,000 hectares. The green corridor that is 160 kilometers long and 1.8 kilometers wide has not only improved the ecology, but also increased people's incomes. Thank you, Wang Lei, for this report. We continue our show after this short break. When we come back, we'll hear about the central heating and oxygen supply project in the border, Tsuana County in Tibet. Stay with us. You are listening to Selfie, produced by China Plus. Welcome back. You're listening to Selfie, a show that gets to the heart of Chinese society, life, and the economy. I'm Tony Reid in Beijing. Tsuana County in Tibet has an average altitude of 4,400 meters with an annual average temperature of minus 0.6 degrees Celsius or 30.92 in Fahrenheit. The lowest temperature recorded was minus 37 degrees Celsius or minus 34.6 Fahrenheit. In one year, there are only about 42 frost-free days. It's a typical border county in Tibet, and to make it more livable, the government has implemented a central heating project which covers an area of 220,000 square meters, enabling the indoor temperature to reach 20 to 26 degrees Celsius. In the meantime, to help solve the problem of oxygen deficiency on the plateau and increase people's work efficiency, the local government has carried out a trial of oxygen supply project with a total investment of 90 million yuan, or 13 million U.S. dollars, to build 24 oxygen supply base stations. As a result, the working and living conditions in schools, hospitals, enterprises, institutions, and senior homes have been significantly improved. Here's Wang Lei with more of the story. Tashi Noble is in his 40s and has been working as an auxiliary police officer in Tsuana County for 28 years. He said the county is extremely cold. In the past, people had to wear layers and layers of clothing if they went out, and down padded coats even in summer. His house used to rely on coal stoves or burn cow down for heating, but the temperature was difficult to maintain and the coal ashes were all over the house, which was very unhealthy. Changes have taken place since October 2017, when the local government started providing central heating on a trial basis from October to May every year. Tashin says the house has become warm and cozy. Before the project, we felt extremely cold both in winter and summer. Since we have had central heating, our lives have significantly changed. When the heating is suspended in summer, we need to cover ourselves up with two quilts. And after the heating is supplied, one quilt is enough. In the old days, the temperature in my county was minus 20 degrees Celsius. Once the heating was supplied, the indoor temperature goes above 30 degrees Celsius. It would be too hot to wear coats, so we just wear short-sleeved shirts. Deputy Director Pu Wengang of the Reform and Development Commission of Tsuna County said that because of the arduous living conditions of cold and oxygen deficiency, some college graduates who have been assigned to work here can't stay long. They try all means to get transferred to other places or simply quit. To change the situation, the local government has made the supply of central heating an important project to boost people's livelihoods. 
In March 2016, the first phase of the geothermal heating supply project, for total cost of 50 million yuan or 7.5 million U.S. dollars, went into operation in the county. It was completed and on trial at the end of October in the same year. Pu Wenggang explains that the rich geothermal resources in Cuona County have laid a solid foundation for the smooth operation of the central heating supply. Our county is on a seismic belt, which means there is a geologic fault zone that, in turn, gives rise to geothermal resources. In 2013. The local government began preliminary preparations to supply heating for the county. Researchers from the National University of Defense Technology and the Chinese Academy of Engineering have been invited to provide technical guidance to help us with the geophysical prospecting work at the initial stage. We use related technical means to prove the reserves of the geothermal resources. We mined 28 wells, one after the other. With the deepest well reaching 1,228 meters, the effluent can be as hot as 64 degrees Celsius or 147.2 in Fahrenheit, which is ideal for heating. According to Pu Wenggang, the heating supply in Cuona County covers an area of 200,000 square meters, and the indoor temperature, on average, is kept between 20 to 26 degrees Celsius. More than 3,200 people have benefited from this. Ever since the supply of heating started, the quality of people's lives has improved dramatically. People can now grow flowers and read books at home. In the past, they had to go to the tea houses where it was warm as firewood was burned. Now, people just stay in their own houses. Fang Jin is an engineering project supervisor from the Tibet branch of Haihua Supervision, the company which has been in charge of the second phase of the geothermal supply for Cuona County. Fang Jin says that his supplies they have adopted in the project is geothermal energy plus a water source heat pump. Six water source heat pumps were used in the first phase of the project, while 16 were used in the second phase. When the temperature is insufficient to meet the standard, the water source heat pump can work to enhance the temperature. Normally, we raise the water temperature from 35 degrees to 45 degrees Celsius. The temperature at a terminal would be 20 degrees Celsius. There are two ways to supply the heat. One through the terrestrial heat tubes plus a fan coil. The fan coil is really a simple fan heater. Once the hot water passes through, the air blowing device inside can blow the hot air among the cooling fins of the heater so that the air comes out hot. Another is the floor heating coil with cooling brakes above, which also raises the temperature. In the meantime, lying on the southern end of the Qinghai-Tibet plateau, the roof of the world. Cuona County has a typical plateau climate. With the increase of the elevation, the air density decreases. The oxygen content is merely 65 percent of that in the interior of the country. Guo Dequan is manager for the construction project of the central oxygen supply in Cuona County. He says to solve the problem of oxygen deficiency, in May 2017, the county invested some 90 million yuan, or 13.6 million U.S. dollars, to carry out the oxygen supply project. 
the project has seen the building of 24 base stations, which enable the central oxygen supply to go into 35 institutions in an area of 50,000 square meters, along with a decentralized oxygen supply to more than 1,000 households in an area of 30,000 square meters. The air has 21% oxygen and 78% nitrogen and other gases. We use an oxygen concentrator to exclude the nitrogen and enhance the density of the oxygen. After the purification, the oxygen is reserved in the oxygen tanks. Then it will go through the compressor and be sent to the buffer tanks to be transported to the terminals in offices, homes or temporary houses. In these terminals, oxygen is supplied through individual machines in a decentralized way according to need, making it even simpler and more convenient. With such technology, the oxygen density can reach 93%. Even in temporary houses, the oxygen density amounts to 85%, so the need for oxygen in areas of high elevation will be largely met. Oxygen deficiency can have detrimental effects like dizziness, headaches, tinnitus, nausea, a fast heartbeat, and weakness in the limbs. In more severe cases, it might lead to difficulty in breathing, cardiac arrest, suffocation, or even death. Guo Duquan says the Central Oxygen Supply Project has not only solved the health hazard caused by oxygen deficiency on the plateau, but also enhanced people's work efficiency. Since its trial operation in October 2017, the project has benefited people in hospitals, schools, enterprises, institutions, and seniors' homes. The Support Center for Poor Elderly People in Tsona County officially began operations in August 2015. There live some 100 Tibetan senior people with an average age of 68 who either have no children or have lost the ability to work. They are taken care of by 10 nursing staff. 64-year-old Tsang Cho has been living here for three years. She's delighted when she talks about the changes brought about by the heating and oxygen supply project. After the supply of heating and oxygen in the center, our living conditions have become better and we are in much better health. It is no longer cold when we sleep at night. It is much more comfortable than before. 75-year Kong Chou Tsuren has also lived in the center for several years. He says the elderly live happily in this big family. They have tsangpa, Tibetan butter tea, and traditional Tibetan yogurt to choose as breakfast. Their lunch is four dishes and one soup, with fruit and the staple food of one's own choice. And dinner is again Tibetan specialties, such as Tibetan yogurt and steamed stuffed buns. Here in the center, we have very good policy support and living conditions. The chefs are excellent, and so is the nursing staff. They attend to our needs to the smallest details, doing the cleaning for us even when some seniors have problems of incontinence. They try to meet all of our eating and clothing needs and make great efforts to guarantee our personal hygiene as well as the cleanliness of our rooms. 
Inside the senior home, one can find restrooms, radiant floor heating, oxygen supplies, and all the other facilities that are needed. There is also a clinic, reading rooms, barbers, and a chess and card room. The elderly can study, do exercise or recreational activities according to their own interests. Those who have the labor capacity can plant potatoes, Chinese cabbage, green peppers or pumpkins in the greenhouses. Kong Chou Tseren says he and the other elderly people are properly provided for and perfectly happy. Thank you, Wang Lei, for this report. And that's all for today's Selfie. You're welcome to leave us comments on Facebook by searching for China Plus News. You can also download the China Plus app on your mobile phone to listen to our show Selfie. I'm your host, Tony Reid. See you tomorrow.